0: do my laundry on saturdays and i realized i didn't have any pants oh yeah so i i put i i put on a pair of pants that i bet i haven't worn in about 10 years Mm. and i literally look like early 2000s extra baggy khaki pants guys remember when that was in style oh yeah you remember that oh yeah wow i feel so awkward you got big
1: straight leg pants on or what yeah yeah that's not good That is not what anybody's (laughs) looking for in this day and age. Do you still have a pair of them, bad boys? (laughs) No. Luckily, what happens with pants in me is I I would usually go for the cheapest mid-level option, and I would always blow them out at the crotch.
0: Always. They need to reinforce that. Yeah. It's always a problem. Always. So now,
1: I d- I, now with my two pairs of expensive jeans that I have, that's not an issue.
0: Okay. Is that only a problem for males or do ladies have that problem as well? I don't know if chicks blow out their pants They're as crotch. much as guys do. Yeah.
1: Okay. But, uh, I mean, uh, at Walzer, I probably blew out 20, 25
0: pairs of pants. Minimally. Yeah minimally bending down doing whatever i i before i left there i had bought those like really cheap like i what is it levi's maybe or Mm -hmm. carhartt jeans or something uh they were like indestructible but definitely as far from fashionable as you can get oh yeah yeah, ugly your, pants, your, ugly, ugly, ugly pants. It's something my fucking dad would wear. You're not getting a date <laughs> walking into Applebee's with those things
1: on. That's for sure.
0: Was your did, was your dad styling in the pants department, or did he kind of get stuck in Sam's Club pants? Okay, he wore Sam's Club jeans. Still okay. wears them. Yeah. I my dad still wears '80s jeans. Yeah, be like, what time period are we gonna get stuck in? I feel like we're pretty. We're maybe not the hippest. Yeah. But we're at least keeping up with the times a little bit. Keeping up with the Joneses. They, I don't know. They, just, see, they seem to get stuck there. Let me get a goddamn, <laughs> just make
1: shorts that are cool, that okay. everyone agrees are cool, and make uh, hoodies. As long as that's in style, you got me. What makes a cool pair of shorts? I don't know. I've been <laughs> trying to figure it out my whole life. When I was a kid, it, it shorts pretty much had to be on the ground. Mm. They were so long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, for males, it's above the knee or else you you look stupid, apparently.
0: Above the knee? I
1: thought that was in style now. That is in style. That's what I'm saying. If you have long shorts, now you look stupid. You look like an idiot. Now you need above the knee shorts, yeah. which at first I was making fun of people because <laughs> that's where... That's the era I'm from, son. You don't show them knees. You don't show, you try not to show your shins. That's how long your shorts had to be back, back when I was a kid.
0: Have you ever considered going back to the point where you wear clothing where you cannot determine whether you are wearing shorts or pants? Like, there's some people, I have i don't know if they have shorts on, or I don't know if they just like high-water pants.
1: Yeah, like, oh, you're talking like capris and cutoffs yeah. and shit. Well, yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you were talking about the jorts that are comically oversized to look like pants. <laughs> I thought you were talking Sean
0: John jorts on me first. Sean second. John jorts. Oh, yeah. P. Diddy's still out there making clothes I have no <laughs> idea. I don't know if Sean John still exists, but I do know-
1: in 2002, he definitely existed. I I Him, knew somebody. North Pole and Fubu mm. all existed for sure.
0: North Pole or South Pole? South Pole. I think South it was South Pole. Pole where they yeah. had like the fake Oakland Raiders uh, oh. football jerseys mm-hmm, everybody would mm-hmm, wear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just kept thinking of those Jinko shorts that had like a pocket that was like two foot long, and it had like the little cocky guy. Doing something on the back pocket? Yeah. What the hell was he doing? I don't know. Well, what was that pocket for? Your machete? <laughs> like, what do you need a pocket like that? I for? don't know. You can tuck the back of your duster into it. Oh, tuck your trench coat mafia in. You could put your uh, your
1: Mac Ten planner in there. Oh, your day. Your
0: Mac Ten. Yeah. There you go. Now you're thinking early two (laughs) thousands. No, you're in there. (laughs) Oh, your agenda. Right. Right. Did your school give you a planner? They gave us a Mac Ten. They gave you Mac Ten. Okay. Very very. very uh conservative school there. They said if you can't protect your classmates, how are you gonna protect yourself? Right. I said
1: you got that right. If
0: the kids all had MAC tens, what did the teacher have? What's uh <laughs> the what's you know Clayborns under all the seats, is if that what she had? Clayborns. <laughs> claymores. Claymores. Yeah. Oh claymores. I saw the picture of somebody attaching a claymore to a uh, Roomba. Ultimate oh, protection right there. Oh,
1: that's terrifying. <laughs> Back towards enemy, or front towards enemy. <laughs> I kind of want right. one
0: of them things. No, not me. No? Oh, a Roomba or a Claymore? A Roomba. Yeah, that would be all right. I yeah. mean, uh, what practical use do you have for a Claymore? I
1: can't imagine. <laughs> I really can't imagine. I know somebody that had a deactivated one as a
0: uh, doorstop, and that was okay. pretty funny. That was pretty funny. Okay. Well, see, yeah, it's deactivated. Is it heavy? It's pretty heavy, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And my dad has a grenade as a shifter on his Bronco. But. <laughs> Maybe you could take decommissioned claymores, fill them with candy, and have kids hit them like a piñata. <laughs> have them
1: like blow out the back a little
0: bit with candy. Yeah. That would be pretty good. That'd be fun. Uh,
1: hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bubble Butt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? This week, it's not me. It's Cody. Hello, Hell Cody. Yeah. Hello, Adam. How are you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Well, you just celebrated your birthday yesterday two days ago. Uh, three yeah, two days ago now. And uh, was it good? It it was good. I would say I don't know, thirty five halfway mark. Yeah. Halfway yeah, halfway you, done. You're almost dead. <laughs> you're almost dead for sure. Did you get any good gifts? Uh yeah. I got I got a few gifts. Uh my sister gave me metal cups. For my iced coffee, Oh. which is fantastic in glass straws, so Ooh. that's good. My my mother gave me a. It's partially Christmas gift too, but a uh, my Xbox controller broke, so she got me a new one.
1: Nice.
0: So, so yeah, it's, Xbox uh,
1: One controller is way to be.
0: What broke on it? The charging port? No, the triggers. The bands came undone tri- because. I, I had had such a desire to play Dead Rising. Yeah. And I'm like I'm like pushing every button. I'm like why can't I get the camera to work? Mm. You know? And I'm like, "Oh, this trigger doesn't even function." Mm. So I can't take a picture. Not th- th- not that that isn't literally the most annoying part of the goddamn game itself anyway, but you have to do it. Yeah,
1: it's the, it's one of the most important parts of the game
0: for right. certain. Right. So so yeah, I got a new controller and I think it's actually will work. With the Bluetooth on my computer, finally. Oh, so, Bluetooth cordless gaming. Oh, no, yeah. So I'm ready to go, even though I play World of Warcraft. That yeah. does not need a controller. But one day, one day, I will be playing a game that needs a controller. One day, you'll boot God up damn Mega Man
1: Legacy Collection and go, thank right. goodness
0: this works. Right, right. I, one of these days, goddammit. Also, right
1: before we jump into it, uh, stay tuned after the episode and we'll tell mm. you what our plans
0: are regarding Faustmith. It's yeah. going to be exciting. Hell yeah. We can, we got big plans. We're going all out this year. Wonderful. 2020 style. But yeah, we'll go into details into that at the end. But, uh, are you ready for this week's episode, Adam? I say you let it rip. All right. Well, we, I wanted to, we've had a few weeks of some uh, pretty heavy guys, I guess you could say. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of. Let's pump the brakes. Let's get a little silly this week. So that's what we're going to do. This week, we will be jumping into the way, way back machine and talking about a case from one of my favorite time periods, the 1800s. Now, as with most stories that are over 150 years old, a lot of the details such as facts, names, and dates tend to get lost as time progresses. Yeah. And what makes this one of the most bizarre cases we've ever talked about on this show is literally from the beginning of the story, it starts off with nothing more than mere legends and speculation about the person involved. So... Perfect. Again. Perfect. So we're getting it
1: third hand from a mythical third hand from a mythical fourth hand.
0: Once we get into, like... You're gonna see exactly what I mean here in a brief moment.
1: Especially the eighteen hundreds. They could not get anything right as far as reporting goes. If you no. remember the Espinozas, their name was spelled yeah. so fucking wrong that you couldn't you would never be able to pick it out of a lineup.
0: They didn't really seem to care about birthdays either. No. It was God like a no. birth year. That's all you're supposed to care about. Yeah, Tom
1: Tobin, <clears throat> who tracked the Espinozas, was mm. convinced he was born on July 4th, <laughs> but he was actually born in like mid December, two <laughs> years earlier.
0: This week, we will be talking about a woman named Henrietta Robinson, mm. who will later become known as the Veiled Murderess, Ooh. which will make a lot more sense at the end of this story. Now, firstly, we aren't even sure if Henrietta Robinson or Mrs. Robinson, as As we will be referring to her for most of the story, is even actually her real name or it is whatever she just decided to call herself. I can see it. We have no fucking idea. Now, for someone who won't even confirm their real name it will come as no surprise that her origin story is also shrouded in secrecy. <laughs> <laughs> One of the speculated origin stories of Henrietta claims that she was actually a illegitimate child of an Irish lord named Pagnum. Pagnum? I... Does that that doesn't even sound Irish? Magnum sounds
1: fucking awesome. It's probably old Gaelic or whatever.
0: It sounds like when a magnum condom's too tiny, you have to get a pagnum condom. Mm. Your dick's so big, you got to get a pagnum size. Pegasus (laughs) size. Pegasus
1: magnum size. That's what it is.
0: Henrietta was born and raised in the family's ancestral castle and would eventually be seduced at a young age by an Irish rascal named Robinson. Dirty face little (laughs) potato licker that he was, I'm sure. Who just so happened. Fucking McNulty. (laughs) To be one of her father's stewards. Oh, no. Now, presumably because Lord Pagnum would be upset with his steward, Robinson, having sex with his daughter, Henrietta, Robinson and Henrietta had to flee Ireland and would end up in New York City.
1: So I'm not sure if a steward is the same here as it was earlier in the Middle mm. Ages. But I, that is generally someone that is in charge of the finances, raising money, collecting taxes for the uh, I, for the Duke.
0: I just assumed it was somebody who did his errands.
1: Okay, so that I could be know. that too. I don't know. I
0: don't know what an Irish steward is. Maybe he just like... Get some fresh potatoes and beer. I don't really know. I mean,
1: that'll, and that is a life well lived. That is a right. service well rendered.
0: <laughs> he just scalloped potatoes in front of him mm-hmm, constantly. Mm-hmm. But again, would you assume if he was having sex with his daughter, he might be upset? Yes. Yes. I don't, what did Irish do to execute people? Were they the drawn quartered ones?
1: I'm not sure. No, that's <laughs> the Scots, right? Okay, Isn't that the Willie, the, the, Willy, the uh, Braveheart?
0: Maybe they just scallop them. They just peel them to death.
1: Scallop them to death. They
0: just like take the little potato peeler, oh. peel all their skin off Ooh. till they're dead. Man, that would That's be a, that would be a terrible like Ramsey Bolton <laughs> way to go. Once the couple was in New York City, Robinson, being the scoundrel that he was, took every single penny Henrietta had to her name yeah. and abandoned her. After this, Henrietta moved to the city of Troy, which is in upstate New York. Oh, I thought she moved to, like, Greece. <laughs> she just came in on fucking wooden Trojan horse so yeah. just took over the city.
1: Yeah, she's, fuck, <laughs> this didn't work out in New York. I guess
0: I'm going to fucking Greece now. But I look, this is a real city. Pretty big city, actually. Troy, New York, I've heard of it, I've heard of it. And here she became a mistress to quote a well-known gentleman of the city of Troy. Don't know what that means. After a few years the gentleman tossed her aside and left Henrietta to live a life of reckless dissipation. Hell yeah. Hi uh, yeah, so there's that. I well we have a second origin story as well, but that one's pretty pretty fun, huh? You
1: know the little Ro- the little Robinson rascal? Yeah. That- this is what would have happened if Jack and whatever had made it to off the Titanic he would have <laughs> oh, ripped her off completely you think so yes Kate Winslet right mm-hmm. yeah 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 I mean could you the consider- little Irish scamp would could have you ripped consider her him
0: off. a rascal yes he's he a rascal. steerage
1: he's steerage he was third class or whatever yeah <laughs> he's less than
0: nothing he's a little potato lord I mean it's a good thing he died then. Definitely. It, did he have the necklace? She had it. Or she had the she, necklace. She uh, threw he it. He wanted it. it. He wanted it probably.
1: Well, I don't think so. I think he just wanted her.
0: Hmm. I think that
1: weird British guy wanted the necklace and her. So you just can't trust
0: anybody involved in the UK at this point? No. No. Bastards. They're
1: all going after <laughs> necklaces and
0: shit. Henrietta's second origin story claims This one written by Stan Lee. It might actually be, to me, it's an alternate universe version (laughs) of her made-up life. Claims that she wasn't actually from Ireland, but was instead born in Quebec. Whoa! (laughs) Quebec? Yeah. We know somebody from Quebec, right? We know a Quebecer, don't we? Yeah, maybe she can confirm that this person... Yeah, Kelly. Oh, yeah, we do assistants. know a Kay Yes, yes, yes. And was the daughter of one of the city's oldest and most esteemed families. Mm-hmm. At the age of 16, the family sent her to an exclusive female seminary in the city of Troy. Don't they call that a nunnery? Is that a nunnery? I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe it's so fancy it's a female seminary oh. or seminary or whatever. Uh, here she fell in love with a young man who came from a family of a much lower social class than hers. More rascals. Fearing that her daughter might end up marrying a gentleman well below her social class, Henri- Henrietta's parents removed her from school and forced her to move back to Quebec. Smart. Her parents then arranged for her to marry a British aristocrat who took her back to England with him, Henrietta and the British aristocrat would have a few children, but it was a cold, loveless marriage. Mm. Eventually, Henrietta would flee back to Quebec, and while most of her family took her back with open arms, her father was not happy. He then drove her from the house with an admonition never (laughs) to return. (laughs) This literally sounds like, uh, I don't know why it reminds me of Beauty and the Beast, but yes, he kicked Belle out? Is that no, what it was? No. Or she well, was just fleeing.
1: If you mean, do you mean, okay, so she traded herself for her father's freedom. That's what happened there. He had, gotcha. the beast had her father imprisoned. Gotcha. and She traded herself okay, for so him. So
0: it's like that, not like that at all. No, not even a little <laughs> bit, really. <laughs> I just feel like that could be a Disney story. But yeah. I, oh, remember. definitely.
1: This right. is the princess in the castle there bullshit. Yeah.
0: After this, Henrietta moved back to Troy and ended up living with a local politician. Hmm. But eventually the relationship between the local politician and Henrietta soured and her behavior started to become extremely erratic because she became addicted to the use of intoxication (laughs) liquors. (laughs) I love how they have to like literally go out of their way to tell you exactly what it is. Intoxication liquors. We know what liquor is. You don't have to put that before. It's it. obvious
1: she's not <laughs> drinking, like, sanitation liquors, all right? She's <laughs> not it's that intoxication b-
0: bad. intoxication liquors. Yeah. Whichever choose your own adventure story, you decide to go with surrounding Henrietta. In the end of both, she ends up back in the city of Troy, and it is here where her mental illnesses seem to come to the forefront. Mm. She would start to behave very erratically, and at its core, she had became an extremely paranoid person. Okay. Now, I'm going to read this little excerpt from the book about her behavior. She would stop casual passerbys to tell them that her neighbors were a band of burglars who were plotting to pillage her house. <laughs> She continually (laughs) imagined that she was surrounded by a mob. She armed herself with pistols and openly threatened to wash her hands in the blood of her enemies. God damn. She's not fucking around. On one occasion... She entered the house of a neighboring woman, inquired for her son, and very deliberately remarked that she desired to shoot him. <laughs> Where's your son? I'm going to fucking shoot him. <laughs> this is like a weird version of the movie Taken. Holy Give me cow. your son. I need to kill him. <laughs> we had a lady like this
1: outside you? the apartment who was just sweeping the streets for no reason with a broom and dustpan. <laughs> she was like, yeah, there's... There was an alarm going off, and then the, the government swarmed in. Federal troops swarmed into my place and started breaking <laughs> all my mirrors and shit. And we were, uh, okay. And she walked
0: away. This is the year 2020. We have help for people like that. This is 1850. Uh, yeah, they probably just like. Go away, little poor woman. Yes, if it gets bad
1: enough, you can go to the sanitarium or whatever, the insane asylum. I know
0: we have a lot of uh, mothers who listen, so I want you to inquire on this post or tell us how you would feel if a crazy woman entered your house and asked if they could shoot your child. Yeah, where's your son? (laughs) I I really want to shoot that kid. (laughs) She was found groping in the dark through the halls of public buildings, inquiring for the uh, police office, and demanding of the authorities' assistance to protect her house. (sighs) So she just thinks that... She's getting gang-stalked way before that's a thing. Yeah, I don't... I'd assume this is a type of mental illness. I'm not sure what exactly, but she just seems to be paranoid that people are always out to get her. That's like
1: narcissistic paranoia (laughs) or something. I don't know what it's called. Scary. No, that's really yeah. scary, and yeah, I feel I, bad for her because she's trapped in her own mind.
0: I don't want to ever wake up to somebody being like, "Hey, can I just shoot that person?" Or yeah. like, "Can I shoot your kid?" He's please? evil. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this sounds terrifying. Now that we have a decent idea of the type of individual that Henrietta Robinson is, at least from perhaps a be- behavioral standpoint. I think it is time to start talking about the series of events between 1852 and 1853 that will eventually lead to murder and gain Henrietta, the moniker of the Veiled Murderess. Mm. Now, around this time period, regardless of her origins, she simply told everybody, it appears, that her name was uh, Henrietta Robinson or Miss Robinson. I believe that's just what... Maybe the proper thing. People called each other that time by Mrs. This, Mrs. Definitely. That, Mr. This, Definitely. Mr. That. i if Long you're young. And-
1: right. Ms. if you're indeterminate. And Mrs. if you're married. Okay, here's
0: the question. We don't know if she has a spouse or not, but they refer to her as in the research as Mrs. Robinson as if she's married that's where she that's what she went by so then. but we can't confirm if she actually has a husband is or not is she
1: an oldest sure woman at this point i believe point? so that's yes. why then yeah Oh, you cross the o- threshold
0: and you're that type of missus.
1: At that point, you nobody like you don't want to be embarrassed by being called miss when you're that old. Okay. If you're like an old spinster, you're
0: just gonna be a missus, I believe. So it's out of respect. Yes. Okay. All right, interesting. She was living in the north end of Troy, which was a section of the city that was highly populated by the Irish. Yeah. <laughs> Across from her house was a wooden building that was owned by 37-year-old Timothy Lanigan. Yeah. Is that not the most Irish last <laughs> name you've ever heard in your Let's life? Pour me a cup of Lanigan, <laughs> please. Along with Timothy lived his wife and four children. Little Lana Lanichips. A lot of Lanigans. Yeah. Now, what was interesting about Timothy's building was it was actually divided into two sections. One half was the family's household, and the other half was a... Small grocery store and liquor store, mm, obviously. Go figure. Yeah. <laughs> and this was also a very, very popular hangout for the locals. Yeah, they just call those stores in Irish <laughs> neighborhoods not liquor stores. What kind of sick fuck has a grocery store and doesn't have a liquor store? Yeah. What kind of shit is this, Timothy? Well, that's actually pretty awesome. That they, I would, I would like to live. Uh, you know, kind of in St. Paul, they have a lot of the combination house stores. Do they? Yeah. So the Lanigan, I mean, maybe is you should should find it, see if there's any Lanigan's grocery store. It's pretty cool. That's pretty sweet, it's pretty sweet, Pretty cool.
1: Do you know there's another Oxford's market down the road, down on Hamline? Mm-mm. Yeah. Like
0: from this one over here, <laughs> yeah. Oxendales? Yeah, Oxendales, I mean, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's pretty sweet. I kind of like that uh, grocery store. It's not bad. Just mm-hmm. got to... Check the dates on everything. Check the dates. Don't buy meat. Unfortunately, they do not have a liquor store in there. Oh, well,
1: we have a shitty
0: law. We right, have a shitty right. law system you can't about have booze that. here. Yeah. Right, right. Now, occasionally, Timothy would also make some additional money by hosting dances at his place of business. So awesome. he's just entrepreneur out the ass here. Love it. Now, Timothy had purchased the building in October of, of 1852 and and Mrs. Robinson was one of his first customers, she would stop by almost every single day to purchase her supplies, which mostly consisted of a stockpile of beer and brandy. Mm. So she's ready to fucking Mm. party. I'm starting to think just by hearing that she might actually be Irish, but I don't know.
1: Absolutely.
0: Were there Irish in Quebec at this time, you think? Oh, yeah. You think so, not just Frenchie's.
1: Yeah, I think definitely they made it over there, because okay. uh, Ontario is a lot of Irish. Mm. I could see Quebec as well, having a
0: okay. high Irish. All right, so I was like, maybe, she sounds like she has to be Irish, so I didn't know if she could actually be from Quebec, but mm. maybe that origin story's the right one. Mm. Now, somehow, some way, she always had money to purchase said items, and Timothy would even give her small loans occasionally, of which Henrietta would always pay back in a timely manner. Now, this is weird because it doesn't seem like she has a job or anything, so where's she getting the money from? Uh I I have no idea. And she doesn't seem like a sex worker or a vagrant. I don't really know how she's having money. Unless it's
1: like, you know, she's got family money. That's what I'm saying. A stipend once a month. That's or what I'm
0: saying. I don't know. It's very weird. Now, even though the Lanigan family knew maybe there was just something slightly off with Missus Robinson, they would always consider her a loyal customer and even would see her as a family friend at least until the dance that took place in March of 1853. It's like somebody made a fool of themselves. <laughs> On this particular night in March, Mrs. Robinson was simply attending the dance and presumably was getting shit shithoused. Yep. Now, you're probably asking yourself, what could possibly go wrong with a bunch of Irish people getting drunk at a nice grocery store dance? Yeah. What <laughs> could go wrong? Uh, I think the thing is a lot of things, actually. I think, no, I think that's just considered <laughs> a regular Irish party night in a grocery store. I think I would be terrified to be 1800s Irish people everywhere getting shit-faced in a grocery store. I'd be kind of scared. Someone's getting stabbed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, problems arose from something that is generally pretty innocent, uh, surprisingly, a younger man approached Henrietta and asked her if she would like to dance with him. Hmm. Now, keep in mind, we do not know how he asked her, but what we do know is it sent her into a violent rage well it couldn't have been none too polite then <laughs> well you got to remember she's kind of unhinged anything will set her off
1: Ooh, maybe maybe he maybe she thinks this is one of the mob part of the mob that's chasing her down she's
0: trying to kill her yeah she instead of dance she heard can i blow your head off yeah. maybe can i
1: stab you in the heart yeah
0: <laughs> Well, let's see how she responds. Not wanting to dance with the young man, Mrs. Robinson decided the best way to decline the offer was to pull out the pistol that she had hidden in her bosom. Certainly. And told the young man that she was going to blow his brains out. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. That is amazing. Ladies, if anybody asks you to dance, pull your gun out, say I'll blow your fucking brains out. They going to ask you to dance I no think more. that's
1: a bit too far. Is it
0: too much? I think that's a bit too far. <laughs> I'm
1: all about the me too movement and all that stuff, but mm. I th- if if somebody asks you to dance, just say no. If they say come on, you're being a bitch, then you threaten then to you blow, blow their, their fucking head off. head off. Yeah.
0: Okay. Good 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 response. Yeah. There. Now, Timothy took notice of the little Irish disagreement that was going on at the dance. Mm. Timothy then informed Mrs. Robinson that he would not tolerate such a disturbance in his establishment. I can't be sweeping brains up. But Mrs. Robinson wasn't gonna leave easily, and it would get to the point that Timothy had to grab her firmly by the arm and escort her to her front door. Wow. So he she's a fighter. He walked her all he bounced <laughs> yeah. her all the way to her house. Yeah. Now for most people, maybe You just sleep it off and let cooler heads prevail. Mrs. Robinson couldn't let things go and seems to be the type of person who might hold just a little grudge. She would return to the Lanigan store a few days later to give them a piece of her mind. Mrs. Lanigan would be the lucky one to answer the front door and was greeted by Mrs. Robinson berating her and informing her that she was in fact a mean woman. Who invited... Rowdy's into her house to insult me. <laughs> he just asked you to dance. Jesus. They're not insulting Jesus. you. Jesus. Additionally, and Mrs... And he's blaming her. He's Or she's blaming Mrs. Yeah, Lanigan. Like, you let these fucking hooligans ask me to dance, you At bitch. a dance. Yeah. You let these <laughs> hooligans ask me to dance at a dance. She just wanted her beer and brandy and to be left alone. Unbelievable.
1: What a... This is... B.S. Hold on. These she- are snowflakes. She's a snowflake <laughs>
0: looking to get offended. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say we could almost call this the origin story of Karen. This um, is Karen. It gets a lot worse with her, but, uh, yeah, she throws a lot of temper tantrums. This is the k- mythical Karen one. Mm-hmm. Karen the first. Listen, Queen Karen the one. Listen to this Karen thing here. Mrs. Robinson told them she was going to get their entire family evicted and have their grocer's license revoked. Oh, my God. (laughs) This is proto-Karen. Yeah. Eventually, the screaming at the front door was causing such a commotion that it would wake up Timothy, who had to rush down to the front door and inform Mrs. Robinson that she needed to leave at once. Mrs. Robinson told him, Do you mean to throw out such a good customer? That's the most Karen answer ever. It's two in the morning or whatever. It's ridiculous. Timothy informed her that he did not want her custom anymore God damn. and told her for a second time that she needed to leave. God damn. Mrs. Robinson, being the stubborn and hot-headed woman that she is, refused to leave, telling Timothy he was going to have to get the constable to force her to leave. Karen. Yeah. I'll be sitting here until you You're all for me. Out. Yep. The constable's drunk, too. He ain't coming over here. No. Constable, with not, no, not a (laughs) chance. In 1850, he was shit, she was shit-housed. Hell yeah. But it never came to that, thankfully, and Mrs. Robinson eventually would just return home. Now, for the next few weeks, the Lanigans didn't see or hear from her at all until around sunrise on May 25th, 1853, when Mrs. Robinson entered the grocery store to purchase a quart of beer and a pound of soda crackers. What goes better with a beautiful <laughs> beer than a soda cracker, brother? Here's the thing. Uh, obviously, a soda crackers like a saltine. You get a box of saltines, right? Yeah. That's like two ounces. Uh-huh. Imagine how much she would have to buy for a pound of soda crackers. They're more like club crackers, right? But they're still not very heavy. No. Like, you'd have to get... A million crackers to make a pound. Yeah, and a quart of beer isn't that much. No, it's no. two pints. That's not that much. I mean, they for... sell growlers now that are fucking <laughs> two you quarts. Gotta, you got to remember, the sun just came up. She's coming over to get her beer already. <laughs> well, so. she's about to go to bed. She needs her <laughs> bedtime crackers <True>. and beer. <laughs> True. Now the the now the transaction and interaction between the two of them was very peaceful. So naturally, they believed that everything behind that uh, that whole nasty situation had been put behind them. Back to business as usual. But a few hours later, Missus Robinson returned again to ask if she could get a two dollar loan. Hmm. Which I looked this up. That would be sixty two dollars and twenty six cents. Oh, did the new Halo just come out or something? <laughs> I don't know. She needs to get that new video game, Halo Seven. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Halo in the Wild West. I don't know what the fuck's going on here. But Mrs. Lanigan had to inform her that they did not keep that kind of money on hand. Yeah. So once again, Mrs. Robinson became enraged and stormed out the front door. Yeah. About an hour later, Mrs. Robinson returned again, and as no surprise, she was in a state of extreme agitation. But the anger didn't seem to be from the loan denial. Instead... She had just received some terrible news via Telegram. The Telegram said that her husband, who is a very prominent citizen, by the way, was traveling out west and had just been killed in a railway accident. Oh. Now, while her prominent husband got derailed. You can just see her with that like Karen haircut. My husband is a very important citizen, by the way. (sighs) Yeah. Like you don't have one. That's the problem here. Psycho. (laughs) Now, like I said, like that, it sounds very plausible for the 1800s, and this seems, but this seems to be a very common story that Mrs. Robinson had not only previously told the Lanigans, but told other people around the neighborhood. So. And she's so wasted; she just can't keep her lies straight anymore. Doesn't even care. It's just, how many dead husbands can you have, Mrs. Robinson? And there hasn't been (laughs) enough train accidents for all these husbands to line up. They're all getting ran over, apparently, (laughs) or whatever, however you die in the trail. (laughs) Now, as mentioned, the Lanigan store was a popular hangout for the locals, and some of the others who were drinking at the time jokingly blurted out, I have a wife out (laughs) west, and if she was dead, I wouldn't fret about it. (laughs) It seems like humor hasn't changed over 150 years. No, that sounds like something a mechanic (laughs) would say at our old job. The entire store then burst out in laughter. Uh But as you can imagine, Mrs. Robinson did not find that funny. So she once again became enraged, caused a scene, and had to be forcibly escorted home. What a nightmare. God, you drunk old idiot. (laughs) But... Less than two hours after being forcibly removed from the store, Mrs. Robinson once again came through the front door of the Lanigan's grocery store. It's the fourth time that day, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's only like noon, I think. Yeah. Yikes. This time, though, it was just Timothy, his wife, and 25-year-old Catherine Luby in the store, and they were all sitting at the table enjoying their noontime lunch. Never one to have any sort of manners, Mrs. Robinson just sat down at the table and began to stare at an uneaten, hard-boiled egg and said, Whose is that? (laughs) That's me. You would go, Whose egg is that? I need that egg right now. At
1: the lunch that you guys are obviously eating, I'll just come sit down and say, Hey, hey, hey,
0: whose sandwich is that? (laughs) It's mine, I think. Mrs. Lanigan, who is perhaps the most forgiving woman ever, said, Mrs. Robinson, you can have the hard-boiled egg if you want it, which she uh, promptly gobbled up. Hell yeah. Now done with their lunch, it seems it was just Mrs. Lanigan, Catherine, and Mrs. Robinson sitting at the table together. This is when Mrs. Lanigan took notice of something a little peculiar. Mrs. Robinson was clutching a little white piece of paper Now, at the time, Mrs. Lanigan didn't think much of it because Mrs. Robinson was a weird person anyway, but that little piece of paper is going to become very important much later on. (laughs) After finishing her hard-boiled egg and chatting for a little bit, she decided she was thirsty. She asked for a glass of beer and wanted the other two women to have one with her as well, but they declined. It's noon, Mrs. (laughs) Robinson. We can't. I'm thirsty, get me a beer, goddammit. Now, while Mrs. Lanigan was fetching said beer, Mrs. Robinson spoke up and had requested some sugar. Hmm. Now Mrs. Lanigan thought to herself, that was weird because I had literally just sold you a boatload of sugar less than a day ago. But Miss Robinson said no 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 no. She didn't need a lot of sugar. She just liked to mix sugar with her beer to cut down on the bitterness. Oh. That sounds disgusting. Sounds like something Jardin went to, to be honest with you. Yeah. He'd uh-huh.
1: be like, this is uh, this is from the old school German technique for beer making. I
0: was half expecting you to be like, oh, I've tried that. No, I didn't. This did. just I... sounds disgusting. I like beer. Disgusting. I like beer. I don't like beer sugar. Do you think 1850s beer was like bitter as shit? Probably. Like, it was probably closer to IPA or something, yeah. right? I mean, the hipsters would like it. Yeah. The hipsters would like it. I don't know about, I don't think I would like it.
1: One thing that...
0: Uh, I I've
1: also seen weirdos put sugar in salsa if it's too hot. They'll sprinkle table sugar on there. I guess I don't know.
0: Hmm.
1: I figured like vinegar or something would cut it down. Maybe, but that's I mean huh. you're gonna put uh, yeah. I, why not put vinegar? Yeah. I like vinegar on my chips, but all, all I'm th- or fries. I mean, but all I'm thinking about when I think <laughs> vinegar, I immediately just think like white vinegar.
0: The I've been packing my own lunches for work, and I've been. I have been packing salt and vinegar chips constantly. So good. I love them. Salt they and made vinegar my, chips, They so make my good. tongue burn a little yes. bit, but uh, they're so good. It's worth it. Kettle I'm, chips? Do you do kettle chips? Or yeah, regular? absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's the way to be, yeah. Do you think the salt and vinegar chips tear up your, the enamel on your teeth? <laughs> they I certainly do a number on the roof and tongue. <laughs> yeah. Roof of my mouth and I'm tongue. I'm sure they're not good for your fucking enamel either. But Can't be. They're so good. Can't be. So Mrs. Lanigan got Mrs. Robinson her quart of beer and a saucer full of powdered sugar. I don't know. Did they... I wondered, did they only have powdered sugar, you think, or did they have granulated? I don't really know. I figured Kinda it would be it...
1: harder to get powdered sugar than granulated. Uh,
0: well, powdered sugar, I think, is just extra ground-up granulate. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Someone will hit us up about yeah. it. Now, it seems that after fetching Mrs. Robinson her beer... Mrs. Lanigan started to feel that Irish itch and decided, what the hell, she would have a quart of beer as well. It's noon. (laughs) So Mrs. Lanigan got herself a beer and sat down at the table. Now this is when Mrs. Robinson did something really interesting. She turned her back to Mrs. Lanigan while holding the saucer of sugar and her little white piece of paper, which was a little suspicious. But again, Mrs. Robinson's very weird, so the others didn't really think much of it. Mrs. Robinson then turned back around and immediately complained that her beer wasn't full enough. Wow! Yikes. I'd assume, with a huge sigh and not wanting to start an argument, Mrs. Lanigan returned to the kitchen to fill Mrs. Robinson's beer to the fucking rim. Can you not be oh the God. worst
1: piece of <laughs> shit? <laughs>
0: this lady is a nightmare. My God! And Mrs. Lanigan's a floor mat. Yeah, she's getting abused by Mrs. Robinson. I think you get to the point where you're just like, I don't want to deal with you. I'll just top your goddamn beer off here. that is a Karen move as well. Fuck Holy yeah. hell! Fuck yeah! After returning with her now topped off beer, Mrs. Ra- Robinson seemed to be satisfied. So Mrs. Lanigan would finally be able to take a sip of her delicious beer. But before she did, she noticed that it had a weird film on the surface god damn it at first she assumed that it must just be dust from the sugar that had gotten all over her beer somehow so mrs Lanigan took a spoon and scraped it off the top noticing her doing this mrs robinson then stood up and shouted at her don't do that that's the best part <laughs> uh- I don't. That would scare me if anybody told me if I'm, like, scraping shit off of my beer. Yeah, this p- obvious Yikes. poison. This obvious poison that was in your <laughs> weird white piece of paper. At the very moment that Mrs. Robinson shouted that, Timothy Lanigan just so happened to walk through the front door. Seeing an opportunity to get out of the store, Mrs. Lanigan asked her husband if she could tend to the grocery store while she headed downtown or on some errands. Timothy said, not a problem, honey. I can do that. Hell yeah. Mrs. Lanigan then loaded up and headed out the front door to run her errands. Now, within moments of Mrs. Lanigan leaving, Timothy gazed upon her unconsumed beer, and being a good Irishman not wanting to let a good beer go to waste, immediately pounded down that bad boy. (sighs) Mrs. Robinson, now with a bit of a shocked look on her face, got it from her chair, and made her way out of this store. Smart, because (laughs) Timothy's about to be in for a bad fucking trip. Oh my, this is literally like a cartoon, you can't make this shit up. and thanks a lot, Mrs. (laughs) Lanigan, for not
1: warning me that uh, that she put something in your fucking beer, and then you just
0: went downtown. Can you imagine just coming home and there's just a beer sitting there? You're just like, all right, I'll fucking drink it. Who cares? It's
1: my own house. I'm <laughs> assuming guess, the yeah. beer
0: is something she poured and then just didn't want anymore. <laughs> Mere moments after Mrs. Robinson left, Catherine Lube decided that she was now thirsty, took notice of Mrs. Robinson's full beer, and proceeded to chug it. Within minutes, Catherine almost immediately started to complain of stomach pain. And wasn't feeling so hot anymore, so Timothy took her to a back room to lay on the bed. Now, after an undetermined amount of time, Mrs. Robinson actually showed back up at the grocery store, headed into the room where Catherine was laying on the bed, and asked her how she was feeling. Catherine replied, Very poorly, (laughs) I'd imagine so. She then started to accuse Mrs. Robinson of putting something into her beer to make her sick. Oh, I guess it doesn't take Batman to figure this shit out, huh? But Mrs. Robinson said that was just preposterous. She hadn't put anything in said beer other than things that would have been beneficial to her health. Like powdered sugar. (laughs) She had put something medicinal in it. Mrs. Robinson would never explicitly tell her what it was, But from the wacky medical products of the time period, it could have been anything ranging from Professor Minty's dyspepsia powder or Acre's (laughs) cathartic extract (laughs) or simply vegetable bitters. Oh, okay. I don't know what any of that is, but it sounds great.
1: So she was putting she it wasn't. Arsenic, like I thought it was.
0: Hold on now. Okay, okay, okay. She, the the, the story's leaning towards she's telling her it was just one of those mystical powders. Got you, got you. But it actually is not. Okay. Now, it appears that when Mrs. Lanigan finally made her way back home from her errands, she quickly noticed that Timothy was lying on the couch complaining of ab- abdominal pain and was convulsing. Oh, God. He said to his wife, Run for the doctor. I'm done for. <laughs> it's not funny because Timothy's dying, but he has like the best <laughs> deathbed <laughs> words here. <laughs> Mrs. Lanigan then turned to Mrs. Robinson and said, What have you done? You have killed the father of my children. <laughs> <laughs> but Mrs. Robinson was telling her that she had not done anything to them. Uh... The family's physician, Dr. Henry Adams, would soon arrive on the scene By this time, Mr. Lanigan was in an excruciating amount of discomfort and was now uncontrollably vomiting. Dr. Adams knew almost immediately that this was from poisoning. He did what he could to comfort both Timothy and Catherine, but Timothy knew what was happening. He said, The villain has destroyed (laughs) me,
1: and I shall not recover.
0: I, l- I hope when I die, I say <laughs> words like that, because that is fucking beautiful. Oh, oh my God. What God a- damn. <laughs> so there's nothing that could be done? In 1850? I don't think so. You got po- We'll find out what poison it here in like two seconds, but what are you going to do? I don't know. You can't pump their stomach. Yeah. On, I don't know. A few hours later, with Mrs. Lanigan kneeling beside the bed praying, Timothy Lanigan would finally succumb to the poison and pass away. Fuck. Catherine Luby would stay alive until 5 a.m. the following morning, having suffered horrific pain that entire time. Now, it wasn't much of a surprise to anyone that Henrietta Robinson was the poisoner of both Timothy and Catherine. Nope. She had actually been arrested around 7 p.m. the night of the poisoning, even though Catherine didn't die until the following morning. Now, from hearing the story up to this point, it would come as not much of a surprise to anyone that even after being arrested for a double murder, Mrs. Robinson's behavior was strange to say the least. Apparently, she was laughing and joking around with the police officers the entire way she was escorted to jail. Just like didn't even care what was going on. Just having a grand old fucking time here. Hey, this she's lost. it. (laughs) She's completely lost the plot. She hasn't she's insane the weird thing is she was at, if we think about this she was obviously trying to kill mrs lanigan which i don't know her first name is by the way and somehow she ended up killing the other two accidentally yeah yikes now the following day during the op- autopsy of timothy lanigan they found out he had ingested enough arsenic t- to kill 10 men fuck So the police would search the house of Henrietta Robinson and underneath the carpet in her parlor, they quickly discovered a packet of poison. They were even able to trace back to where she had actually purchased the poison from. It was purchased from a local druggist named William Ostrom. He claimed that a few weeks prior she had purchased four ounces of arsenic stating that she needed it to deal with all the rats infesting her home. From a nearby flour mill. Well,
1: I mean, that's believable, but four ounces is a bit That's high. a lot. Yeah.
0: That's a lot of art. You need like two pebbles of arsenic to kill a rat, right? Yeah. Holy shit. And if it's enough to kill 10 men, that was just in that one beer. You, right. Yikes. Now, it seems like while Henrietta was in custody, is she went into a state of full-blown mania. Literally, her second day in jail, she was claiming that a mob of at least two... To 300 people had attempted to break in at night and murder her. In the jail. In the jail. Guards everywhere. Nobody saw anybody trying this, but she claimed two to 300 people had snuck in there. Huh. She followed that up with claiming that the couple in the cell next to her at night were heating up a giant cauldron of water and were threatening to boil her alive. With, you know, those jail
1: cauldrons (laughs) with jail fires you can have.
0: I don't know. There's just two witches next door trying to boil her alive and eat her.
1: One, or, uh, uh, uh,
0: God, I can't remember that guy's name now. The guy with (laughs) the Nganga. Oh, uh, Adolfo. Adolfo. Adolfo, yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) He's just next door waiting to cook her up. Hell yeah. Over the next few months, she would begin to fly into bouts of uncontrollable rage in which she would destroy multiple items in her cell, which included her washstand a wardrobe, a table, several chairs, and a looking glass. Well, this is why all they have in jails now are the toilets that are screwed to the floor. you can't fucking move any of it. Definitely don't have looking glasses (laughs) in there. No telescopes. Maybe for a lady, they give her more stuff. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. But what's interesting is after the bouts of rage-filled mania, she would spend several hours in a state of deep melancholia. So it's like freak out and then just be like i don't know just silent and just this,
1: sit there is this bipolar like
0: <sighs> or schizophrenia i don't really yeah. know i i don't know it's it, very strange it
1: seems like you're going from one extreme to another
0: i feel like they said um what's his name did this uh father schmidt oh uh-huh. he'd like freak out go wild and then all of a sudden he'd just sit there and just be like even killed and yeah man. not say anything at one point she would attempt to commit suicide by drinking sulfuric acid. Fuck. Holy shit. The only thing that saved her was the guards immediately noticed what she had done and summoned physicians who saved her life. God. Yikes. Holy shit. You think that would like burn the whole way down. Oof. Oof. Yikes. Now as for the trial, it had it had for some reason been pushed back well over a year. Which I'd assume is weird for the 1800s, don't know why, but it would finally begin in May of 1854, and <laughs> and by this time, obviously, it had swept the entire area and been a big story, sure. so outside of the courtroom, it would be packed with onlo- onlookers just hoping to see the mad woman, mm-hmm. Henrietta Robinson, do something bizarre and crazy. I bet there was people selling sack lunches, for sure. You know, this shit never never changes. Never. True crime love has been there forever. Nowadays, it can be
1: all done with a camera, and people <laughs> can watch it on the news, so not everybody has to go down to the courthouse anymore. But it's the same fascination, it's the I, same mania.
0: I don't know, I'd kind of like, I mean, the picture we're going to post for this is like literally a sketching of her. We don't really know what she looks like, sure. but uh, she just looks like a normal, I don't know, 1800s woman. Just a in lady. The sketch In the sketch, anyway. When she finally entered the courtroom, she was magnificently attired in a elegant black dress. Hmm. A white sheared bonnet ornamented with artificial flowers, hmm. white kid gloves. Which are goat gloves, by the way. Goat gloves? Yep. They call them goat gloves? Kid gloves. Okay. The that, that kid is goat. Oh, uh, gotcha. Goat skin. in a rich black mantilla lined with white satin. <sighs> Now, as crazy of an outfit as that was for a trial- Yeah, it sounds like she's going to an <laughs> inauguration. You know, right? Yeah. What really stuck out to the people in the courtroom was a heavy blue veil that shrouded her face. Mm. Now, Henrietta would refuse to ever show her face the mm. entire time the trial was going on. When the annoyed judge finally requested her to remove it, she, she simply told him-
1: I am here, your honor- to undergo a most painful trial <laughs> not to be gazed at.
0: <laughs> she ain't lying. Can you You can't cover your face anymore, can you? I don't think so. I really don't think you can at all. They just seemed to let her do it, maybe because she was nuts. I don't know. Maybe because not enough people had tried it yet for it mm. to be a law. <laughs> Naturally, the papers took this and ran sensationalized headlines, which is where the title, The Veiled Murderess, comes from. Okay. So she never wore it to murder To anyone. murder, no. <laughs> She literally bumbled herself into murdering two people when she just wanted to kill one person. <laughs> so it's like I, I don't know. All cause you wouldn't
1: loan her sixty bucks.
0: Well, I think it was because of the dance.
1: Oh maybe. Yeah. It it
0: in her mind, Mrs. Lanigan was the ultimate foe. Yeah. That's what I think yeah. it was. It just took her a while to concoct a plan to kill her. <laughs> Now, as no surprise, her defense team was working on an insanity plea. But regardless of all the crazy behavior in jail and the stories from those who knew her personally, it wouldn't do her any favors because the jury would eventually return with a guilty verdict. And the judge didn't seem to be too fond of her either because he would sentence her to be hanged by the neck until dead. Whoa! The moment the judge said that, Mrs. Robinson stood up pointed her finger at him and said, Judge Harris, may the judge of (laughs) judges be your judge. What does that even mean? May God judge you harshly. Oh my God. Wow. What a nut job. Henrietta Robinson's execution date would be set for July 27th, 1855. But literally, on the day she was scheduled to be hanged, they instead changed it to life imprisonment at Sing Sing Prison. Yeah. Women... They they don't get get
1: executed, do they? Okay. Not very much.
0: Did Marianne Cotton? I think she did. Yeah, but it's it's, it's pretty.
1: It's pretty rare, really, especially in in this this time time period. Mm -hmm.
0: Now we aren't sure when, but eventually she would be transferred to the Madowin State Hospital for the criminally insane, where she would live for the next fifteen years. When the day finally came and Henrietta was on her deathbed, they were pleading with her to reveal her true identity. <laughs> but being the stubborn woman that she was, Henrietta informed them that she had kept that a secret for over half a century at this point and intended to die with it. Wonderful. that You need a metal guitar rift right there. That's so awesome. Fucking awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> After she passed away, nobody came to claim her body, and she was buried in the hospital cemetery as much as I wish we would, unfortunately, we will never know the true identity of Henrietta Robinson. Do they know where she's buried? Is there I any know. way to get her bones? I must, I'm I'm going to go out on a limb here and you hear about a lot of these hospitals. Yeah, unmarked graves. Prison Cemetery, Hospital Cemetery, always unmarked. We probably have no idea where her gravestone is. So she <sighs> we don't really know who the fuck she is. She's just the I guess Either a woman who's had a really rough life and accidentally killed two people when she meant to kill one person for something that she shouldn't be mad at the one person about. It's just, I don't know. She's, it's wild. I like it. You just like. I like it, but I
1: wish we knew where her bones were. So maybe one of her relatives has a 23 and me out there (laughs) or
0: something, you know? It'd be amazing. Yeah. I mean, I mean stranger th- things have happened. Which would do you think she's more likely from Ireland or more likely from Canada? Quebec.
1: Quebec. I would say Canada. That's easier to get to New York than Ireland. Right.
0: That's a long boat trip.
1: It's a long boat trip, but it happened all the time, true. obviously. True, that's how true.
0: that's how people get here. I was here. gonna say the uh I don't like I said, I don't even know how old she is, but I'm assuming the Irish immigration was pretty big during that time period. Pretty so. hefty.
1: They're being treated poorly by whites. Everyone? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Watch uh, the Gangs of New York, get an idea of it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Or Hell on Wheels, where they're treated like stupid mick idiots.
0: But, okay, what do you think? Is that one of the weirdest goddamn stories you've ever heard?
1: Yes, because there's no, there's nothing. (laughs) No. There's no answers. Nobody knows who she is. She's just crazy, poisoning, old, Mm. crazy, Mm. crazy pants. I
0: just love the Irish aspect, where you had a. Grocery store and a liquor store. Tom Lanigan. And it's just, they're just partying at 12 o'clock on whatever Thursday. I don't know whatever. Having was. a little
1: grocery store, mm. liquor store dance. Mm-hmm. So good. <laughs> so good. If you liked it, you can send us a form submission at bumblebuttpodcast.com Just type in whatever you want to say. It'll come to us as an email and you don't even have to type in our email address because you're already on our website. While you're on our website, you should buy a shirt. Hell yeah. And also click a link over to our Patreon where you can sign up and get in on these Pokemon cards, these monthly Pokemon cards at the Bowling for Satan or higher tier.
0: First card seems to be a hit. I've heard nothing but good things.
1: It's a huge success. Mm Mm-hmm. That's, it's amazing. It's amazing because it looks so good. So I love it. Everyone else love it. Let's talk real quick about what we're going to do for Faustmas, shall we? Hell
0: yes, let's do it. So uh, our plan is on December 23rd, we're around 7.30 p.m. Central Time. we got to say Central Time here. Yep. You Obviously, we'll post all this in, as well. But right. our plan is to do a live Faustmas. Now, we'll probably have a lot of banter like we do on Bumbles. Talk to the chat on Twitch Uh, additionally, we will, I will personally read the falseness story for this year live in front of everybody. You can make fun of me reading all you want. Uh, and I want to create a questionnaire that everybody can interact with that is on my agenda. I don't, I don't know what the questions are going to be, but I'm going to try to set it up so we can kind of like multiple choice. You type a C whatever in chat. And have your answer. Uh, Probably won't be any prizes, but it'll be fun to interact with. Yeah, that's uh, interaction sounds good to me. Right. That's twitch.tv slash bumbleadam
1: Mm -hmm. for for that kind of stuff. Go uh, follow it, and that way you'll know
0: when we're live. Yeah, we're going to... Will you come hang out with us? Come join the game. If you cannot make it, we will still publish... That as the main episode if you were busy that day or whatever, um, but yeah, I, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Our live shows on Twitch have always been awesome, a lot of interaction. Oh people yeah, always, people always chatting with us. We end up talking about God knows what forever, whatever comes uh, yeah. comes to mind. But yeah, yeah, we'll have a little fun. The faustmas this year will be an interesting one. I haven't Good. started it yet, but that's my goal tomorrow. I've been spinning ideas in my head all week, so.
1: Well, and really, just <laughs> push it to the deadline. That's where the best creativity comes from, as far as i got to get concerned. a good
0: sweat going on mm-hmm. here.
1: You got to go lather up, uh-huh. like a good horse or a boxer.
0: Yeah, so it, it'll be a great time. I hope everybody can join us. Come on uh, in. Like you said, uh, there'll be posts, all sorts of junk like that, but we want to put it out there now, so. If you're not busy Wednesday, you can come fun and hang out.
1: Wednesday, the 23rd, 7.30 mm-hmm. p.m., twitch.tv mm-hmm. slash BumbleAdam. Mm-hmm. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can do so at Bumblebutt Podcast. Twitter at Bumblebutt Pod. Now it's time for the most important part of the show, and that's where you go hit follow on the Hell Spotify yeah. revolution. You can
0: also leave us an iTunes review like the one we have right here. Hell yeah. Let's read this bad boy here. So this is, says, good stuff. By Becca B1 1996. Becca B1 1996 Gotcha. New listener already. Can tell I'll be sticking or, sticking with these guys for a while. Good information about true crime while also giving me some laughs. A great way to relax while taking breaks from nursing school. By the way, thank you so much. John. A lot um, of nurses. We, we got a lot of nurses, we, don't we? The world needs nurses right now. So thank you, Becca uh, Becca. You're and awesome. thank you, all thank the you. nurses in the world. Thank
1: you, nurses. Thank you, Mm-hmm.
0: I wonder if they start them out in nursing school. Becca, reach out to us at com. If they train you that, the doctors will might infuriate you eventually. <laughs> have to, right? Yeah. They have to. I would assume so. Yeah.
1: All right. We also have a Squarespace form submission Ooh. from our oh, website. Yeah. We This is from I'm Totally Hooked, five fucking stars from Nicole. Fuck hey yeah. there, Adam, Cody, and Jordan. I found out about the podcast because you guys actually followed me on Insta first. Simply from the title of the show, I knew I had to give it a listen. Big Ed Kemper fan, but not fan, as you know. <laughs> I have absolutely hooked and have been downloading your library of episodes on Spotify. Recently commented on your Insta that you guys are a fantastic mashup of last podcast in Brohio, and I can't get enough. I don't have iTunes or Apple Music to leave you a review, but uh, I give you guys a big five fucking stars for sure. Yeah. Truly enjoy the subjects and the banter between you guys. Keep up the great work can't wait to see how the podcast continues to grow very sincerely your food fu- food your new fan <laughs> nicole p.s how can i get the title of superfan
0: Ooh, i don't know we'll have to we'll have to think long and hard We on will that one. put a hell in the cell match between you and superfan amy and we'll see where it leads us hell in a cell <laughs> hell yeah well that's gonna do it
1: for all of us here at the Bumblebutt Podcast. Uh, my name has been Adam that has been Cody thank you Cody thank you Adam alright everybody Uh, you know what to do stay cool stay up listen to the new Between the Bumbles with Kelly on Wednesday and most importantly have a nice weekend unless it's Tuesday